This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Spits and Suds. I'm Gavin Spittle from 105.3 The Fan, two-time Stanley Cup champion. Craig Ludwig is going to join us in just a couple of minutes, but I'm popping on before to let you in on a little bit that we're going to do and see how quick Craig can pick it up. So let's go back. It was a few weeks ago, and Sean... RJ and Bobby were talking about the Dallas Stars on the 105.3 The Fan Morning Show, and it came up about spits and suds, and Bobby was trying to promote the show, except he kind of got the tail end of the name a little bit wrong. Spits and studs. So he said spits and studs instead of spits and suds. So Sean said, I wonder if Gavin called me the boss. I wonder if the boss would play along with the bit and see if Craig notices if he changes the name to Spits and Studs from Spits and Suds. So that's what we'll be doing momentarily. So let's see how quick Craig can pick up on the name change right here. Get ready for it. And welcome in to the Top Stars podcast in DFW. We are Spits and Studs. I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan. I'm joined by two-time Stanley Cup champion Craig Ludwig. Back from a nice holiday in Wisconsin. How are you, my friend? Great to have you back on the program. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Don't know. No. No, just because you're from Wisconsin doesn't mean you can rub it in, sir. Uh, well, I meant here we go, Packers. Yeah. Uh. yeah. <sighs> well, like I just said to you earlier before we started, I mean, I don't know why people are shocked and mad. I mean, it's like set your set your watch by it. <sighs> Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's uh, pretty frustrating. Go Rangers. Here we go. Here we go. Pitchers and catchers report in just a few weeks. Excited about the world championship uh, uh, celebration that will happen all year, and hopefully they can repeat and get back to the playoffs and more. So Yeah, I'm waiting for my annual uh, invite. Maybe this year there will be more than three beers in the fridge. I got you covered, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I know. You'll have four or five of them there, will you? <laughs> there were 12 in there. No, there weren't. Well, there were. I just need to remember there were because I counted. I need to designate 12 for Craig. Well, all I know is the good news is you just walk out the door, turn to your right, walk about 20 feet, and there's a little bar right there. Yep. Yep. I got you covered. It'll be be a fun time uh, for sure. So you had a good uh, holiday break? Yeah. Yeah, except... You know, you go up, <clears throat> you go up to Wisconsin for Christmas and New Year's and stuff like that, and you know it's snowmobile time, and it was forty-seven degrees every day, and you you couldn't even it was all open water, so nobody was ice fishing, and you know, and then you get in your car and get ready to drive back, and the day that I leave, they get six inches of snow. It takes me a lot longer to get to Minneapolis, where it starts to clear up, and then you pull into Dallas, and 
couple practices, and before you know it, it's the weather that you wanted. Wisconsin is is here in Dallas. Hockey weather, right? Yep. 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 Exactly. Absolutely. So. Did you miss all of us at Spits and Studs? <laughs> Immensely. Nice. That's what yeah. I like to hear. Okay. So last night, uh, did a uh, post game uh, podcast and. Uh, what we were talking about was we thought this was the most complete win of the year and wanted to get your thoughts of five to one victory over the LA Kings. Uh, yeah, I mean, good game. I, I actually, I had a game last night and so I had to come home knowing I was doing this world renowned podcast this morning. <laughs> I had to watch yes. the game over last oh, night. I'm so sorry. <clears throat> um, well, that's all right. I'm up till two, three in the morning anyways. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it is. But and again, I I, I kind of look at it from both sides of the fence. And, you know, that's a team that I believe had lost their previous seven or eight games in a row and then won a game. And they're L.A. started out really well this year. And, and it looked like they had that um, that team that they did from a couple of years ago, you know, a couple different pieces. And their big acquisition hasn't done anything that they got over from Winnipeg in the big trade. All, all the guys that went to Winnipeg are doing well, but uh, regardless of the opponent, um, it's kind of in a good way. It's groundhog day again. I mean, for this team from Dallas, And I mean that in positive because, you know, they, they just, they find ways to score and it's not that they find ways to score. They're the depth there. <clears throat> there's two things that if I, if anybody just said, Hey, sum up, some of the Dallas Stars, I would say um, probably balance and, and and depth in scoring because, you know, things aren't going exactly the way you want sometimes. Or, and again, you get into this 40 to, to 55, 60 range, and it's like, uh, it's like those, so like those dog days of summer. And you're looking forward and you're, you're having a fairly good season, pretty consistent, you know, hopefully Miro's not going to be out and he may be, I know I heard that he may be back in a week or so and that all goes well. So from the standpoint of, of injuries, hopefully they dodged, dodged a couple bullets with a couple of their key players, one being Jake and yep. the other one Miro. Um, <clears throat> but, and so, and, and I think, you know, we were kind of going through with our U18 team. Well, I should say we are going through it. And it just things at times look a little stale um, because you just kind of roll things out there. You don't have to make a ton of adjustments. And I think that uh, Pete DeBoer had, you know, seen some things and, and juggled some things up. And it um, for the Stars team, it, it doesn't seem to make a big difference who plays with who. I mean, it does. I mean, for sure. But, <clears throat> I mean, they they the guys just proved it that, they can go out and, you know, play with whoever. And, and it, it seems like they've been playing 15, 20 games with each other. Yeah. Um, I, and and that's kind of where that's a great point, Craig. And I wanted to get you as a player perspective because the players were commenting after the game that it's a reminder, like, Hey, we got to kickstart. We got to get going here and we got to get back to kind of basics. Pavelski was saying, you know, after, after the game, some of these things. And as a former player, when, let's say your defensive pairing changed or any, or the coach came in and said, Hey, I'm doing this and this, and this, is it a kickstart for the room? Well, no, it's just, it's fresh. I mean, it's just a, I mean, you need changes every once in a while. I'm sure, you know, when your business there, there's probably times when, 
you know, you, you, you listen to a couple guys that are working together for years and you just, and sometimes you inject another body or a different voice for a period of time. And, and, you know, it's just freshness. And, and I, and I believe I, I would think that you're going to see things eventually. I mean, he could say, Hey, we're going to run the same thing this, uh, you know, the next game, but <clears throat> you know, there's over the course of a season, 20 games, 30 games, whatever, there's there's a different kind of chemistry that develops between players, you know, knowing and, and because those guys talk all the time. I mean, those guys are sitting on the bench and <clears throat> constantly talking and probably saying a lot of the same things. And so, you know, I go back to <clears throat> kind of what we, we try to get our guys to understand is that we do certain drills and, and Hitchcock was all about, rep, you know, repetition. And we did the same two or three drills every single day. And we didn't, we were like, we get it. We get it. Like, we don't have to do it again. And, and what, what Hitch would do is he, when he'd go up to the board to describe, you know, what we're doing in the practice, you get 10 seconds in and it goes, oh, shit, we're doing the same thing. Like, all you have to do, I'm, I'm, I'm a big advocate of just give, give a drill a name. I don't care what you want to call it. Red Rover, we know what it is. We'll just go do it. You don't have to go to the board. And But the point of the whole thing is, is what happened as you get down the road during the season, you do things so much over and over again, it just becomes automatic. And you know, in a certain situation, whether you're trying to do a controlled four check or set things up in the neutral zone, you know where you're supposed to be. And, and it just, it's just, you're on autopilot. And I think that's, that's the good news with teams, the good teams. I mean, um, you know, you can always sprinkle things in, give it a little change, but more than likely as you're coming down the stretch and, and you're getting into, you know, that first round, you're like, well, you know, these guys have played together for 67 games this year. You know, they know each other and this is what we're leading with. And, and, you know, then you can always go back and say, well, you know what? And when things weren't going well, we put this group together and, you know, we, we just tweaked a couple lines and put, moved a couple of the chess pieces around. And so we're down two games to one. Maybe it's time to let's go back to that. Let's see if that gives us a spark. So the things that they do during the course of a season are, you know, the, if you're going well, things, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of thing. But when you do need a little tweak at an important time, you can always, you know, re, kind of lean back to to what what worked for you. And I, and I would think that, you know, they're writing these combinations down that they had last night. And, you know, who sees will know what what they're going to do in the next you know few games again on the road trip and stuff. So, um, you know, and you can always fall back on some of that stuff if you need it. Yeah, two points last night for Robertson, two points for Wyatt Johnston, two points for Rope Hints. That line uh, shined with the changes to Donoff on the fourth line, captures a goal. So um, kind of the shuffle uh, worked at least for a game. Now you go on a road trip. Take me through four five-game road trips. L.A. just had a, a massive road trip that they just finished up last night, six games in Dallas. Uh, so I bet their were, uh, legs were tired. You know, what was it like on the road? Does it is it a different kind of bonding than you know when the team's at home? How tired do you get? You know when it comes to that third fourth game. I think you're less tired, especially really? today. We well when we played, if we were tired, it was self inflicted. You know, so <laughs> it was you're on the road and. You know, there's a couple different little spots we're going to go to in each city after the game and the night before game, things like that. Like, again, I've said this numerous times that things are different now, but especially for the guys with families, you know, you're, you're not you don't have your daily duties. And, you know, I'm, I'm talking away from the rink. 
And so now you're, you know, you get to the room and they all got their own rooms. They get in, they watch what they want to watch, not what their wives or girlfriends want to watch. They don't have to play with the kids. Um, your meals are set for you. You don't have to get in a car and drive anywhere. All the things that you do, you just kind of relax. And, and all you have to do is play the game, not any of the other stuff. So from a mental standpoint, you know, I, I think you, you kind of, I mean, like I said, we look, we looked ahead to them for maybe different reasons than they do today, but, um, but you just don't have the same off ice responsibilities, distraction. And it's not fair to call them distractions because I don't think any guy, he'd be an idiot if he used that word and his wife read it in the paper or, or on the paper. I don't, do they even have papers anymore, but read it on the internet sure. or something like that. So it's not a distraction, but you know, you don't, you don't have the other things that you, you typically have to tend to um, as a dad and a, you know, the, whether you get a girlfriend, kids, all the other kind of stuff. So, so you can kind of relax a little bit. So, and like I said, you know, you just gotta, <clears throat> and that's the coaches, they, they get them dialed in in the morning skate and, you know, pregame and then the meal before the meeting before and the game and things like that. And um, you know, but they're all professionals. So, um, you know, you get, you have your routine. I mean, you have your at-home routine and, and, and then you have your, your road routine. And, and I just think that the road, um, you know, you're, you're a little bit more focused right, right from the jump. Let's move to the defensive side of things. I had a generic question and I was wondering as a coach now, do you have your kids do this when you're on the power play, the drop back pass? Oh yeah. Oh, we got it nailed. Okay. If there's one part of our game. We have it nailed. I have, <clears throat> so you, like for us, we've got two power play groups and I've got a normal breakout for a different breakout for each group. And then um, they both do the drop and, and really, <clears throat> and it's dictated by how the other team kills penalties. And so if they, if they kill in a certain way and they're a little bit more aggressive in front of your own net as you're trying to break out, we got to, we, and I just have names for it and I can see how they're setting up is the pocket. You got to, you got to remember though, we don't have to use them a lot because with us icings, uh, you ice the puck on the, on the penalty kill, it's a whistle and it's a face off automatically, which I don't like. Um, especially when these guys, the next level that they want to go to, it's going to be what it should be. But but here, if you ice the puck, um, it's an automatic whistle, and you just go down to the other end, and the offensive zone will line up for a faceoff. So, <clears throat> um, you know, but so to answer your question, it, 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 if you're going to kill a certain way, and as long as your two forwards and all these teams do it well, the two forwards that aren't involved in the drop or the two players, I should just say the two players that aren't involved that are receiving the puck, the other, the other forwards that are lined up against the walls in the neutral zone, as those guys are getting the puck and moving through the neutral zone, they have momentum and they're timing it so that they have the same amount of speed going at the offensive blue line. So if those two guys can't tic-tac-toe it, so to speak, into the offensive zone with control, you can bump it one way or another, and there's two guys there on, on one side or the other that's got speed. And, you know, it just everything now is about having control with the puck when you're entering the zone on the power play as much as you possibly can, because, and back in the day, you know, again, <laughs> not that I was on it, but you kill a lot against it. It was get to the red line and pound it in. 
and pound it around, and we're going to get three guys go over to the other side. If you're that, unfortunately, if you're that defenseman on the other side, you know you're getting run automatically when the puck comes around. But that was the way to first guy is going to take him out, second guy is going to get the puck, and so now it's a little bit more about control. But the, but I think in general the game is all about that now. It's like we have the puck. Why do we want to give it away? Let's try to keep it right. And maybe Lundqvist dropped it too far back last night, but it did get me thinking because you know I watched the penalty killers for the LA Kings and they basically just stood their ground and didn't move. So then it becomes: is it a speed issue coming that is? you know, tougher to defense if you're a penalty killer? Uh, not really. I mean, you, you have your, you have your spots that you're going to be as killers. And and so, you know, where F1 and F2, the, where the two forwards and defensemen are typically always in the same place. And LA has always played this year. They, they've tried to play a little different thing, five on five, where they kind of plug up the neutral zone. But the reason that they were able to, at least early on in the season, the reason that five on five, at least that they were able to, when you put the puck in, it'd be hard to it'd be hard to carry the puck through the neutral zone and carry get it carried in with control because they kind of clogged it up. And what they did with their their defenseman, the one defenseman, as the play would be coming through the off or through the neutral zone, the one defenseman's already inside his zone about the top of the circles. So when they dump when other teams would dump it in because they that was their only option. There's a defenseman back there, picks it up and makes a pass and they're gone. And it worked really well for him. Um, you know, and so, and, and again, like everything else, they, teams see it, they see what they're doing, you know, they're pre-scouting and, you know, so they'll find ways around it. But that defenseman that carries that puck up, I mean, you have to be able to come behind the net, know where their, where their first four checker is on the power play. And that will kind of dictate, you know, do you slow down a little bit? Do you take off? And a lot of times, you know, the, the, now what, I mean, we even do, uh, if we're playing against that, our first four checker, a lot of times, I'll just tell them to leave that, that defenseman go. Don't even, don't even give him an option. Let him think that he can carry it through the neutral zone. And the other two guys, you know, they're just down by the tops of the circle starting to come up. They'll, let's not even let them drop it. If they want to drop it, go ahead. But more than likely that defenseman's going to go, well, I can keep on going. But the way I look at it is, if he doesn't drop the puck to those two guys, number one, there's, there's not that big gap. We're not standing still. And then all of a sudden we have numbers in our favor because there's two of their forwards that are down in, in the de defensive zone coming out that aren't getting the puck. We've lost one forward, so to speak, because we let the puck carry. Let's say we let Lundqvist just go. Well, now it's three on three. So they've got Lundqvist and they've got the other two forwards that are meeting in the neutral zone. And then we'd have two defensemen and one other forward. So really, we've taken it and we've kind of put numbers into our favor a little bit. Hmm. He's two-time Stanley Cup champion defenseman Craig Ludwig here on Spits and Studs. I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan. And my other question for you as the expert. Wait, wait a second. Was that your only comeback after all that? You go, hmm. In other words, you didn't understand uh, a damn thing I said, no, did I, you? No, listen. <laughs> I just, my job as the host is to take it all in. I learn. I did understand a lot. Um, I thought your in-depth, listen, you, Sean, go in-depth on things, and I just kick back because I want the listeners of this podcast to learn, take notes. Yeah. Okay. Good way to cut down <laughs> turn on that. Good. Here's, here's my other question, and you might say that's an idiotic question, Gavin, and I understand, but I'm asking these questions because I think people want to know. 
stars, one of the best penalty kills in the NHL, Yanni Hockenpah, huge part of that. How can a guy be really good on the kill and struggle on five on five? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, a lot of times as a defenseman, you're not traveling too far from your net. And so you're you're kind of at home a little bit more because you're you, you if like I think a lot of penalty kills now, um, you try to be aggressive when you can bobbling pucks and you try to be you try to force teams teams and players are so skilled now if you give them that you know that time and they can make really good passes and so you're trying to you're trying to force a little bit more obviously so i think with with a defenseman that you feel may not be as good five on five as he is five on four you know when you're when you're that size long reach big body you know, you're, you're trying to tie people up in front of the net and, and you're trying to block shots. You get your stick on pucks and then you just fire it off the glass. You don't have to make a good play. Yeah. You're just trying to get it out of the zone. So there's as much responsibility, but maybe it's you don't have to be as perfect um, in the five on five game. Now, but again, I, I've said this before. And and if I. If I look down the road and we get into the playoffs and if it started today it would be Colorado I believe that that Dallas would play in the yeah, first round that would be a little difficult well not even from the standpoint of that they're a really good team and they're playing very well um they they are missing a big piece again um we'll see how, where that all goes but but I'm not a huge fan of man on man I I, I don't I, I don't uh, get into it that much. And, and so when you, when you talk about that, when you watch teams that play man on man, and let's say you're Hawk and Paw, you generally, when you have a guy, it's going to take you, that's your guy sometimes. And, and that's, you know, the, the, again, I've talked to a few guys about this and that was my, my little, my only little boo-boo um with this team again it's hard to argue with it because they're where they are right um but when you played against skilled teams that have skilled players and can pass the puck Detroit Red Wings uh New Jersey Devils uh you know so they've got a couple of them teams on this road trip and when you open up seams and when you have defensemen that are leaving the front of the net which is where they've been playing since they were three years old and you move pieces around and you're out above the tops of the circles because that's your guy and you're watching that three things happen for me one that's your guy and you end up turning your puck or your back to the puck to who's ever got it what other player has it because you're going this is my guy i i'm gonna make sure he doesn't get the puck okay now you're a long way from home as a defenseman so there could be seams that open up and then you're asking your forwards who are supposed to kind of wrote their guy. So their guy comes down, maybe as a defenseman, he's kind of come off the blue line 
and or it's another forward and them forwards are going to be in front of the net right and that's my guy now you've got forwards that are used to playing in the like 150 feet away from that net are playing right in front of their net right in front of your goalie they don't they haven't been doing that since they were three years old they're supposed to do it now they're pros they're, i mean you know teams get i mean there's teams that do it and do it well but that's my only <clears throat> thing about it so i'm, I'm long story with with this about Hockenpah, sometimes he's he's where he's supposed to be and because of the system that they they run and it takes a little more time to get back and then you're scrambling back and then you're supposed to have your guy but what your job as a defenseman if there's outnumbered situations going on from the blue line in in your own zone and it's outnumbered your job is to buy time i'm buying time for one of my forwards to get back into the play and i'm trying to keep the puck on the perimeter of the ice as long as i possibly can and I'm not letting things go across, especially from the tops of the circles down. So my goaltender has to go left to right or right to left to make a save. And the more time that I can get that forward to skate down the wall with the puck, it allows my forward, the high forward that was probably coming out of the offensive zone, coming back to the neutral zone, to get in and help and pick up their, their third guy. And now we can turn it from a three-on-two into a three-on-three three or a two-on-one because my partner got away from the net a little bit. And, you know, I need somebody to come back and pick up the other guy. But in the meantime... I'm trying to get that puck carrier to stay in an area where he really doesn't want to, you know, shoot it. I want him to go there. And, and then I think that puts the advantage in the goaltenders. Uh, but again, for a goaltender too, when too many passes are coming across the front of the crease, if it happens too often, all I do is I watch the leg of a goaltender that's up against the post. So in other words, if he's coming down Ottinger's left side and I look at Jake's left leg, and I see it up against the post, and I see him kind of bend down and get ready to push off the post so he can go across, because that means he's worried about a pass going across the crease, going from left to right. It's trying to, it's going east to west. And I don't think, and I just think that if we can have as much as we possibly can, keep a goaltender's focus on making the save from a from a, a lesser angle than what he wants, the better off he is, the better off we are. That's my philosophy. But, you know, there's always different situations that dictate that. Yeah. So, yeah. Long-winded thing. But no, no. This, of... Listen, you're doing some deep dives, man. You're fresh coming off vacation. I'm loving this. I'm just kicking back and <laughs> listening to these explanations. And we move on to Nils Lundqvist, um, who I think since he's been inserted in the lineup on a regular basis, I thought he's played really well. I'm interested to see when Haskinen comes back, if they keep Lundqvist in there as one of their uh, top six. Well, I, you know what? I think you're right. He has. And again, remember Julius Honka? Like sure if, do. If, if he would have gotten a steady diet of playing, yeah, he could have probably been a pretty good defenseman. Yes. You know, it, it depends on the, it really does depend on the philosophy of the team, the system that they want to play. You know, this team, he really plays well because, you know, you've got 10, 12 forwards on this, in this group that like to get up and run and they can find holes and, you know, it's a pacey game that Dallas likes to play. All teams do, but these guys are really good. And so <clears throat> they complement each other. And so, you know, I think Lundquist, but again, the, the other thing about that is confidence. I mean, it's like, you don't have to, you don't have to play a game last night, have a good game, but then still wonder, am I going to play the next game? Yeah, you exactly. Gonna, you're gonna be in the lineup. You know, again, I'm a, I despise distractions. I hate them. I don't care right. what they are. I think they take away from focus. And I think for, and you know, they're young players. I mean, how, I mean, 
listen, how do you, how do you think Ty Delandria? Feels? I was just about to bring him up, Craig. I, yeah. That's a first round draft pick, and I have not seen. I mean, granted, he has made he made that big mistake in Calgary, but I think he's played pretty well when he's been in there and just can't crack the lineup. And I, you know, I mean, what's the future for Ty Delandria here in Dallas? Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know that. And, you know, Jim Neal is always looking to improve a team and just like yep. every other GM. Um, but but I, I think you're, you know, but again, I, I'd like to use the word dependable. Um, but then again, you know, you look and you go through the stats and he's a, a minus eight, uh, you know, from where everybody else on the team is pretty much even or plus yeah <clears throat> so does that have anything to do with it is there is there a reason that he's minus eight i don't you know i i haven't watched every every goal that's gone in while he's on the ice um you know steel brings you know something that they feel that ty delandria might not bring and a lot of times it'd be the opponents that they're playing so um you know smith he's been a, every time jim nil seems to pick up a a depth player yeah. with, with miles on them. It's always the right one. Yeah. You know, I mean, because you're looking for that, you're looking for that one piece that, that is kind of a leader in the way that he plays and, and, and he's a communicator uh, with who he's playing with. And he drags the other two people that they put on his, on, on their, you know, on the same line into that type of a game. Um, and they play in important moments. You know, I said this before, I mean, like, they're going to win a Stanley cup. The Dallas stars are going to win a Stanley cup because of their top players, you know, because of hints and because of Robertson and because of Jake Ottinger and because of Haskinen, but you don't win it without the other ones. You're not going to win it without Craig Smith. You know, you're not going to win it without Dadanov. you know, those guys. And, and, and so good pieces. Um, yeah, I mean it, it. It takes a whole group, and the other thing is, you need depth. I mean, you're gonna go, if you're gonna go through all four rounds, guys are gonna get hurt. Yeah, you know, and, and I that's I think that's why it's always important to keep these guys, you know, in the loop. It's not no, absolutely. I mean, having a Joel Hanley to come in when Haskinen's out, and I mean, I know they protect him at times, but at the same time, you know, you have a guy who's played a lot of NHL action the last couple of years that seems to fit in well with this team, and he's a good room guy. So same thing with Ty DeLandry. you got a guy that's ready to come in. So I guess you're right. In that depth, Jim Nill has done a, a really good job there. Well, th- those things that you bring up, those are good problems to have. Yeah. You know, if you're a coach, that's a good problem to have. That yep. I know if, if – uh, for instance, Steele takes a puck off the angle and he can't go. We're just going to plunk Ty in there, and, and he's just going to pick up where he left off. You know that's why. That's why. That's where the assistant coaches, I think, come into play so often is that when those guys aren't in the lineup, you know, now you're you're kind of a buffer between the head coach and and the player, and you're a buddy, and you know, you, you a lot of positive things are being said, and you put them through the right kind of drills after practices and things like that. Not where they get pissed off and they get bagged and things like that, but just say, Hey, we got to keep you going. You know, you're going to get in here. Just, you got to be ready. And, you know, you you just got to sell hope to them. And finally, I want to go to Twitter. Jeffrey brought up a good question last night. And I said, you know, I'm going to ask Craig about this and see if it's antiquated. And antiquated. You like that word? Yeah, I do, but you can tell me later what it means. I'll, I'll pretend I know. <laughs> Jeffrey, at JLux007. By the way, I should change my name to at GJSpittle007, Craig. That would make myself at least 8% cooler. Um, 
Discuss the secrecy on injuries. I don't think I care on details as much as I care how long the player might be out. Like upper body versus week to week. Is there a legit concern of players targeting injured areas? I just read Eichel had lower body body surgery. That's new. LOL. So I I do think. Did you just say that Eichel had a lobotomy? (laughs) Lower body. Lower body surgery. Yeah, lobotomy would be interesting. (laughs) <laughs> but I do think that is fascinating, like how the NHL has not changed that over the years, because here's why I feel as though the NHL benefits from chatter. What creates chatter injuries and having experts on to talk about the injuries. I mean, you see it all the time with the NFL. Can he go? Can he not go? There's this mystery continuing to sur- surround NHL players where it's like upper body, lower body, no real timetable as far as a return. All we hear is that person's now skating, but then it's just like Ottinger, close to being back, close to being back, and then all of a sudden he's in the lineup. So I wanted to get your thoughts if you think that the NHL uh, should be more transparent as far as injuries. No, I, I mean, <clears throat> again, game is different today, but if we knew that if, if I was playing against, I don't know, Messier or Hully or whoever, and somebody said they came out and said, yeah, he tweaked his right ankle, you know, and two games ago, you don't think that we would target his ankle every chance we could like just take, you know, there's, there's sneaky ways how you can chop somebody's ankle and you can kick it with your skate, you know, and if it was a goaltender, you're going to say if it if it was Jake Ottinger that came out and said, yeah, he, you know, he strained his left uh, left arm or left shoulder or something like that. You don't think guys would be going to his glove hand? I, I mean, so, I, could, I could see that. Well, yeah. The, Those well, days are gonna, over, are right? Not, like, when we hang sports, out. Are you not looking for every single edge that you can find? No, I, I agree. I, I agree there. But, you know, at, at the same time, if a player's, if they're ready well, to why come do, back. Why do people care? Why do you care? Because or, I, I mean, why do fans care if they tell you it's his left toe? Well, what do you care? I care well, as what, far as the timetable for day? return. But I mean, how does it change? Because it creates chatter. Well, oh my God, there's so much chatter out there the way it is right now. You need more reason to create chatter. Give me chatter, sir. Yes. Yes. I have multiple spits and studs um, programs to conduct on a weekly basis. I need more chatter. Well, that, I don't know. Are any of them any good? (laughs) Only when you are on, sir. I can tell you, the more you do, the more you do less well. First of all, first of all, you never, you never listen to any of the programs that I do unless you're on. So you don't know that. Uh, you're, you are correct. <laughs> I don't like commercials. I despise. It is my biggest pet peeve in life are commercials. I can't stand them. I don't even watch a TV show. I, I'll, I'll, if there's a show on that I'm watching, I will put it on pause. And if it's an hour show, I'll wait until there's only about right. 38 minutes left. And yeah. then I'll watch it. I, I can't stand, and I can't stand your radio commercial breaks where you go away for six minutes. Wow. I can't stand it. Got to pay because my salary, it sir. It makes people change the channel, and then you come back and you missed what was happening in that time. We have no alternative. We have to make enough money to pay for the cost. Yeah, well, apparently you're not making a month. Because no. <laughs> they're all the time? 
That's not that. It's not. It's not that. Well, bad. I'm getting I, I'm getting gift certificates from you that are half the amount that they actually say. Well, I, all right. Listen, we're going to correct that. That's an off-air discussion, sir. No, that's it. Pass the buck. Pass the buck. <laughs> not me. You sound like some of them third and fourth line players. It's not me. It wasn't me. No. <laughs> I do have an issue when there is. You pay for a streaming service. And then on top of that, you have to watch commercials. I have a problem with that. Well, you don't have to. You can pay an extra $4. Well, that's true. Yeah. Although, man, watching the ESPN game last night, by the way, I thought the crew was terrific. I love Kevin Weeks. I love Cassie Campbell Pascal. I think she's terrific. How she's not in the NHL Hall of Fame, I don't know. Um, But, you know, one thing is that in the breaks, because they don't have commercials on ESPN+, Plus, just constant promos of ESPN. And I'm like, oh, my God, I can't take this. So I was like you. I had to pause the game last night and then just fast forward through those endless promos. So you agree with me that commercials are junk? On TV, absolutely. Radio, you should uh, yeah, hyper listen to now, every single now one. Now when you become an exec on the TV side, <laughs> you're going to say, yeah, I'm radio. <laughs> That's the one time you'll listen to this program because you'll pull that audio and knowing you, you'll spread it on social media, but where you're not even on social media just to ruin me. That's what you'll do, Craig. I'm not even sure how to get on social media. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. That is, this has been fun. You are a true stud, sir. Thank you so much for participating in today's program. <laughs> it's always a pleasure. Yes. It's we always have, twice. We have dinners coming up. Um, this is going to be exciting that uh, people have paid a lot of money to have dinner uh, with you, Craig, and I'll come along for the ride, and that'll happen. So 2024 is the year of Gavin and Luds. Pinata Gavin. <laughs> That's, uh, you know what? Amen. There's a lot of truth to that. (laughs) He's two-time Stanley Cup champion, Craig Ludwig. He's a true stud. I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan. The name of the show is Spits and Suds. If you, whatever your, uh, wherever your podcast is found, just leave a comment. Hey, love the show, stuff like that. Give us five stars if you feel as though we're five-star worthy. We're looking to grow this thing together with you. And thank you guys so much for listening as you do. We truly appreciate it. We'll have another episode coming soon right here on 105.3 The Fan.